Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is from now through the millennium. I'm about to try to explain the impossible, and that is there's a whole lot of things going on between now and the end of the millennium. Now, typically, I just talk about like the last seven months for the most part, but today I'm going to show you a chart that I've never shown you before, uh, and it's talking about now all the way through the end of the millennium. So let's get started. First of all, there's only about nine days left. If you would like to support Prophecy Club, this is our once-a-year time we're asking people to support us. If you'd like to support us, then you need to make your um, put your donation in the mail or get it to us, or at least postmark no later than December 31st, if you'd like to have that on this year's tax deduction. And yes, we would really appreciate it if God will lay in your heart to, to be a part of supporting us. You know, a lot of people don't like Bible prophecy. They don't want to hear the truth. And so if you are one that appreciates Prophecy Club, we would really appreciate your support these days. We only do this once a year. So if you can help us out, God has blessed you, then that would be very, very nice. All right, first of all, our topic today is destruction of the nations. That's what we'll start with. Now, this is a chart I made a long time ago. I've never shown it before. This is the first time anybody's seen it. So we're picking up from the end of the, the millennium here. Excuse me, the, the end of the tribulation. This is when the living in Christ are caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and that happens at the Feast of Trumpets. And then, uh, of course, the Feast of, of Pentecost for the marriage supper of the Lamb, and then the Feast of Trumpets at the end where we get our glorified body. Then the next thing is, ten, or excuse me, yes, uh, five days later, is the Feast of Atonement. No one alive appears at this feast. Now, I'm going to put this all together for you here in just a second. No one alive appears at this feast. This is only the dead, not in Christ. If they never had the opportunity to receive Jesus, then they appear here. And only the dead repair, uh, report here. This is the great white throne of judgment. This is where Adam, all the way to the present, present that did not have an opportunity to receive Jesus, they report at the, the uh, Feast of Atonement. This is where judge, Jesus opens the books. The dead are judged and the bad are cast away. Rewards are given to the saints. The marriage doors close at the Feast of Pentecost. The judgment is set. The filthy, uh, it remains filthy still. The holiest is holy still. All right, then, five days later, it's then tabernacles. This is where the New Jerusalem comes down out of heaven. And this is the main thing I want to get to today. That's talking about the millennium. What happens after Jesus has returned, after we get all of our rewards and things like that, during the thousand years of millennium. This is Revelation 21. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold upon the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up, set a seal in him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. Now, that doesn't mean he's totally destroyed. He's only falling endlessly and helplessly in the bottomless pit for a thousand years, and there's a seal put on him so he cannot deceive the nations. So it gives the nations a thousand years to live without the temptations of Satan. Now, when, when we say the bottomless pit, when we say the nations... Who are we talking about? The nations are those groups of people. They are the corners not harvested. They are the people that lived outside of society. They're probably your drug addicts. 
your uh, homeless, your people that maybe lived up in the mountains someplace. And these are the people that never received Jesus, but they didn't take the mark of the beast either. They were just outside of society. And on the Feast of, uh, of Trumpets, when Jesus returns there, they are given their judgment. That is the judgment of all those that had the opportunity to receive Christ. And they're told that from now on, Jesus is going to rule with the rod of iron. And if you sin one time, then you will be destroyed. What happens is a morning star judge shows up with the morning star. It hits them with the morning star. They fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul. And of course, after a few of those are destroyed, the rest of the nations figure, okay, we can't sin. We must follow the laws. That happens here. The next thing is, then we jump to Revelation 27. And when the thousand years are expired, so this is after the thousand years, Satan's loosed out of his prison. That's where he's falling endlessly and helplessly in the bottomless pit for a thousand years and can't deceive the nations. He shall go out then after the thousand years to deceive the nations, which in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog has nothing to do with Russia. Okay, Gog and Magog together them to battle the number whom is as the sand of the sea. So after a thousand years of 24-hour growing season, there is no darkness any place. There is no night, and everything grows without a curse. Probably you're looking at apples the size of cantaloupes. You're probably looking at grapes the size of cantaloupes, maybe basketballs. Huge. And there's a 24-hour growing season. There is only rain when they come up to worship Jesus at the Feast of Tabernacles. And that's the only one of the feasts that is kept during the millennium, just the Feast of Tabernacles. This is where they live to be the age of a tree. This is where, if they were to die at 100 years old, they were thought to have died as a child. They would be able to play in a cockatrice den, put their hands into that. This is where the lion can lay down with the lamb and not have any fear. In other words, there's, there's no more killing on the earth for a thousand years. This is where it says, And the wind upon the breath of the earth encompassed the camp of the saints about. So this at the end of the thousand years. This is when Satan is loosed out of his prison. So he goes out and he gathers all of these nations. He lies to them. He deceives them. All of the nations then come down and gather around the beloved city, the new Jerusalem, which is about 250 miles square. And it's of near, not totally, but near solid gold that is crystal clear or as clear as glass, it says in another place. Transparent as glass. They compassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So the morning star still gets them. If their name is not in the book of life, then they do not get eternal life. They are allowed to live for up to a thousand years or upon their first sin. If they sin, then they're destroyed. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they should be tormented day and night forever. Now we jump to Daniel 2.43. Whereas thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, and they shall not cleave one to another. Meaning, we believe that the fallen angels 
the same one that came down and mated with the daughters of men in Genesis 6 in the days of Noah. Well, they've been doing that again. They've been mingling their seed with the daughters of men once again. Remember, Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be, meaning they were mingling and messing with the DNA, and they've been doing the same thing for, my guess is, at least 70 years, maybe over 100 years, and that's what this is talking about. Verse 44, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these other kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Then was it fulfilled where the clay, the iron, the brass, the silver, the gold became as the, broken, uh, became as the chaff of the summer threshing floor, and the wind carried them away, and there was found no place for them. And the, the stone that the builders rejected, i.e. Jesus, is then become as a great stone, a light, the light of the world, and filled the whole earth. Okay, so Passover, now from here to here, represents the last seven months. There's seven feasts of the Lord, and they are the pattern. Remember, I was shown a secret door. And the secret door showed me that there is a pattern of the seven last feasts, and those seven last feasts are the pattern of the last seven months. Now, the feast of Passover has already been fulfilled, but it's still going to be fulfilled the last seven months in that when the, hundred, when the object one-third the size of the sun is about to hit, Passover is saying, just as it did in the days of Moses, you need to clean up your life. You need to put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of your heart because if you want to go to the marriage supper of the lamb out here on Pentecost, you better get cleaned up. This is your last chance, you see. Then unleavened bread, this is where they ate seven, unleavened bread for seven days, which is basically saying get the sin out. Why? Because here's the first fruits. At first fruits, this is where Jesus returns to the earth the very next time. He puts his feet down upon Mount Zion, not the Mount of Olives. First fruits, he puts his feet down on Mount Zion, then out on trumpets some five or about six months later is when he returns and puts his feet down on the Mount of Olives. So this is Zion. So he puts his feet down on Mount Zion. He resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. Now, had somebody emailed me. I never heard of that term. Well, you know, the, the second vision that he gave me was telling me I need to put this into a book. And what the vision showed me is something can't be learned just by audio and video. Some things have to be learned by print, where you can look at every word, stop, kind of think about it, and think it through. That's the reason I'd recommend you get my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. I think it's one for $20, but don't do that. We recommend you get five for, I think it's $35, at prophecyclub.com. Matter of fact, the best deal is to get the Watchman's Package. That's where you get two charts, five books, you get five DVDs. I'll be teaching through the whole book of Revelation, save the first three chapters. I don't cover them. I think I start at chapter five. But anyway, I explain that. Um, that's the Watchman's Package, that, which, by the way, the new charts are in, so if you ordered the Watchman's package, it should be on the way shortly. 
And if you order it now, you will be getting the brand new charts, which I will show you some of the upgrades to that here in just a second, if we have time. Anyway, so first fruits, Jesus returns to the Mount of Zion, resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. Now, are they walking around in one-year-old Jewish boys' bodies? I don't know. Maybe they're immature bodies. But they walk around, they follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. Then, exactly 50 days later, and by the way, during this time, this is probably when the angel flies through the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to all those who dwell upon the earth, to every people, nation, kindred, and tongue, saying, worship God and worship him that made heaven and the earth and the fountains of waters. And this is their last chance because Pentecost is about to happen. At Pentecost, this is the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is the picture is the feast has two loaves. And I think that represents Jews and Christians. And there are two loaves and these loaves have leaven in them. So the question is, how do you get to the throne room when you have leaven, when you have sin? What are these arrayed in white robes? Whence came they? Sir, thou knowest, these are they which came out of great tribulation. Wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. In other words, on the Pentecost, we get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, not because we were clean, but because our sacrifice was Jesus and he washed our sins away. Whereas over here at First Fruits, the only ones that get resurrected at First Fruits are those that have no guile in their mouth, for they are without fault before the throne of God. They were in their first year. These are one-year-old or in their first year or under one-year-old Jewish boys. How do you know it's boys? I don't have time to explain that. It's in the book. Jewish boys that are resurrected. And the Bible doesn't say clearly exactly what they do other than they follow the Lamb with us, whoever he goeth. Some people say that they're doing their best to try to convince the Jews to get saved, and that's probably true, at least part of it. So anyway, at Pentecost, uh, the picture is two loaves of leavened bread that are before the throne. And at Pentecost, we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Here's the question. If you don't go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, and only ones that get to go are those people that are ready, but if you don't go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, how can you be the bride of Christ? I know a lot of people teach, oh, well, everybody that has accepted Jesus is the bride of Christ. That's not true. If you do not go to the marriage, how can you be the bride? If you do not go to the wedding, how can you be the bride? <laughs> right? Okay, got to go to the wedding. These are they that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, therefore they get to go to the marriage. At the marriage, we only get a wedding garment. We don't get any rewards. We don't get a glorified body there. No, not yet. We get only a wedding garment. Then Jesus is brought before the ancient of days. He's given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed, that every people, nation, and language should serve and obey him. Then, about four months later, is the Feast of Trumpets. This is when the Bible says the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the trumpet of God. And this is when I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth and the armies gathered to make war against him that sat on the horse. And they were slain by the sword of him that sat on the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. This is 
we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. This is us getting, if you went to the marriage supper of the Lamb, then you get a white horse, and you, along with the armies in heaven, get to follow Jesus back, where you get to see him use the white, the morning star. Remember the Bible says, as lightning shineth out of the east and to the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. That's the morning star. That's the light sword. And with that light sword, he uses that to cut and to burn the, the tares. And there's two other angels with him that had sharp sickles, and they slashed the grapes. Hence, the blood rises to the horse of bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs. That's the Feast of Trumpets. Now, I want to get to this next part today. Ten days later is the Feast of Atonement. This is where the feast, back in the Old Testament, tells them that they are to afflict their souls, and this is when the dead, in, dead not in Christ show up to report. And they are judged by the books. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And they were judged according to the works. And death delivered up. The sea gave the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever is not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. That's the Feast of Atonement right here. Those that are not in Christ. No one alive reports here. And between here, the, the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of Atonement, those 10 days is when the earth shakes. This is when every high place falls. Every valley is filled in. The rough places are made straight. The, the crooked places are made straight. The rough places are made smooth. This is when the entire world shakes. For 10 days, it shakes. And he's in the process of making a new heaven and a new earth. And there's no more sea. So here, this is where he says, And I saw a great white throne. He set upon it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. That takes place here at the great white throne. Then, five days later, is the tabernacles, Feast of Tabernacles. And this is where I, John, saw the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This is where I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them. They shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. This is where God wipes all the tears away from our eyes. This is when we get to go into the new Jerusalem, that new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. This is where I saw a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal from proceeding from the throne of God and from the Lamb. All of that takes place here. Now, we walk through this area here. Now, let me explain a little bit deeper. The barley harvest takes place here. The barley stands for the Jews. The next harvest is the wheat harvest. That stands for the Christians. Okay, Barley is Jews. Wheat is Christians. Then, on trumpets, this is in the seventh month, and all they do for the feast there is just blow trumpets. Then on atonement, this is where they're told to afflict their souls, and those people that make it there, if they didn't live a clean life, Jesus is going to afflict their soul. He is the righteous judge. And then finally, at Tabernacles, this is where they, well, they, t- they clip down godly parts of the trees and things like that. But we'll, we'll, we'll move on from there. All right, now let me put this into this context. This, this particular chart covers the seven seals, and the voice told me seven seals play over seven years. It concludes here.
The seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over seven days. But they all conclude on the Feast of Trumpets. Then ten days later, it's the Feast of Atonement. Five days later, it's the New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. So you got that from here to here is seven years, here to here is seven months, here to here is seven days, but they all conclude on or about or around the same day. One additional to it, I did put in Apophis, which is April 13th, 2029. I do not know that that is necessarily this taking place here, but I'm just putting it on the chart. This is where the everlasting gospel is preached. This is probably where... Babylon is destroyed. You remember Vicky Parnell was told that when the bombs from the Russians, we're talking about the massive attack that Dmitry was told about. When the bombs come down, we go up. That's not the rapture. Don't miss any testing. Only those that are ready get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So the marriage supper of the Lamb is here. Barley harvest is one-year-old Jewish boys resurrected. Then the, the Christians, Jews and Christians in Jesus are resurrected. And then we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. As the bombs come down, we go up. So she was told, and that sounds about right to me. That sounds good to me, actually. So let me give you an overview of this, because this is an overview of the last seven months before Jesus returns. And the two really big things you need to remember, at least for us Christians, is on Pentecost... That's when we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We need to be ready for that. And then for four months, Jesus comes forth and serves us. Then we return on white horses with him for the great harvest or Armageddon, Feast of Trumpets. This is the overview chart where we start with first fruits, then a Pentecost, trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles. This is another way of looking at that chart. This is first fruits. This is 144,000 Jewish one-year-old boys that resurrected when Jesus returns to the Mount of Zion. Not olives, but the Mount of Zion. And then they walk around with Jesus for 50 days. Then we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. All of the Christians and the Jews, all of those people that are in Jesus and that are ready. There's some that don't get to go. Blessed are those which die in the Lord henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. That is saying that some of the people, some of the Christians, will not make it to the marriage supper of the Lamb, but they still get all of the rewards. So the third thing is, about four months later, after we've been served by Jesus at the marriage supper of the Lamb, then we return on white horses with him. The armies which are in heaven followed on white horses, <coughs> clothed in fine linen, white and clean, out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. That's the morning star. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. This is the moment in the twinkling of an eye that several things happen. When that morning star comes out of his mouth and it hits the earth, it goes all the way to the center of the earth. It sets the foundations of the mountains on fire. The hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. This is where the hills melt like water running down a steep place. And the entire earth is set ablaze. Those people that are tares, they fall to the ground in a pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul. And at the same time, there's two other angels with sharp sickles. They slash the grapes. In other words, those people that never really heard of Jesus. 
And that's the reason the blood flows to the bridles, horses' bridles, by the space of 1,600 furlongs. And as it hits us, out of our belly flows rivers of living water. In a moment, again, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, we get our glorified body. This is when we get all of our rewards, our crowns, our mantles, everything. And for us, that's the moment eternity starts. When we step out of eternity, I believe that we'll be able to look back on time like holding a fishing rod. And we'll be able to jump back and forth and look at any point in time. From Adam and Eve being born, we'll be able to watch uh, Let There Be Light, everything. Everything had to do with time starting all the way back to Genesis 1-1, all the way forward to that moment. That's the reason the Bible says everything done in secret will be open and made manifest. Everything hidden will be shattered from the rooftops. That is, except those things that are covered with a garment. In other words, for us, the blood of Jesus. Those sins are gone as far as the east is from the west. Other things we'll be able to see. We'll be able to see the fall of, of Adam and Eve. We'll be able to see who was buried in Grant's tomb. We'll be able to see what year the War of 1812 was fought. There was supposed to be a little humor in that if you caught it. So this is when they, it says, Gather you first the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, gather my, my wheat into the barn. This is the gathering into the barn 15 days later. This is when it says, Then we were alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Then, uh, 10 days later, is the great white throne, or the judgment seat of Christ. Excuse me, the great white throne, the judgment seat of Christ is Pentecost. Okay, so in summary, this part is, The first fruits, the Jews rise, then dead in Christ rise to the marriage supper, then Armageddon, burning of the morning star, we, which we are alive and remain, and then we go to the great white throne, and then we go to the new Jerusalem. So, the destruction of the nations works like this. When we, the living are caught up, then we go to the, merit, or to the uh, atonement, feast of atonement, but we don't go there in terms of being judged. We were judged already 10 days before this at the Feast of, Thur uh, of Trumpets. Then after that, five days later, it's the tabernacles. That's when the new Jerusalem comes down. Then Satan is rounded up. He's tossed into the lake that burns the fire and brimstone along with the beast, the false prophet, and they are tormented forever and ever and ever and ever. Torment is where they are. It's the most unbelievable pain you can possibly imagine, and that's for all eternity with no hope of escape. That's the beast, the false prophet, Lucifer, and all of those people that took the mark of the beast. So you want to be sure and tell all of your friends, whatever happens, do not take the mark of the beast. And that ties in with Daniel chapter 2. As we celebrate the season, let Joseph's Kitchen make it memorable with healthy, homemade, whole wheat bread. I'm Leslie, owner and founder of Joseph's Kitchen. Our goal is to help you live a more happy and healthy life. At Joseph's Kitchen, our ingredients are ready for easy, everyday use, but are also designed for long-term storage. Whether you're looking to make healthy, homemade, whole wheat bread, or want to make sure your family is prepared, Joseph's Kitchen is prepackaged to take all the guesswork out. We personally test each harvest to make sure you are getting the highest quality ingredients. At Joseph's Kitchen, we pride ourselves on our quality equipment and all-natural ingredients. We are your farm-to-table alternative. Our ingredients are ready for easy, everyday use. 
but are also designed for long-term storage, making them a wonderful holiday gift for you or a loved one. Go to josephskitchen.com to order today. Be sure to use the promo code on your screen to receive your free gift. Be sure to ask about our new spreadable honeys. 